do you got a problem with? Nothing ever goes wrong with that setup. You love musicals! What's wrong with you? This is bullshit! Ben came in with prison yard rules. I that was ruthless and I applaud you. That was that was very well done. We're not going to fight anymore. I'm also just a girl. Time to float. Standing in front of a boy. Such a great audience. Come on, y'all talkers up in here. Hey everyone, welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Rashawn, here with Josh, Mella, and Lacey. What's up, y'all? What's up, Rashawn? What do you do? How are you doing? Doing, doing all right. Doing good. <laughs> I'm really excited. Why? What's going are you on? Excited? I'm really excited. I think we're all pretty excited because today we have our first guest on the show. Ooh, ooh, ooh. From the amazing show, I Drink Your Podcast, please give a welcome to Ben. Hey, everybody. Wes. Hello. And Emily. Hi, I'm Emily. I took over Wesley's slogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you took my thing. He always goes, hi, I'm Wes at the end. So I took over. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Thanks so Thank much. You. We're really yeah. excited to be here. How was, how's life for you? fine what a loaded question (laughs) that pause says it all Mm -hmm. yeah it's 2021 it's uh, that is a that's a tough question these days (laughs) yeah yeah no it's a lot life is a lot right now it's still feeling like 2020 but we are making do and surviving with wonderful podcasts like yours and you know doing our whole shindig as well yeah i don't know what else i can add to that that's uh yeah making making it through with with help some from from friends and um you know 2022 will be here pretty soon i think (laughs) 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 let's just bypass 21 um so ben tell us a little bit about the show we've you had mel and i on and we were had a really great time um but tell us kind of what you guys do over there at I Drink Your Podcast. Yeah, so I Drink Your Podcast is a podcast dedicated to just movies from 2007. And the reason we picked that was because Wes and Matt, our other co-host who isn't here tonight, uh, we were all friends growing up. And in 2007, Matt left us to join the Air Force and kind of spent a couple years in Japan. And all these movies that we used to watch together, like we couldn't do that anymore. So it was really about let's get back together and watch these movies that we, we didn't get a chance to the first time. And we brought along Emily, who's a co-worker of mine, and she's been phenomenal and a great addition to our group. And friend friend of all of us. Oh, yes. Sha. And um, we basically spend the first half of the show going over the movie, talking about the things we liked and didn't like about it. And then in our second half, we have a battle of twits, which is 
creative questions that Emily and I write that we take the time to answer before coming to the show. And then we just kind of try to be as silly and creative as we can to really draw people into the movie, even if they haven't seen it. And I, I judge them. Right. And if you haven't listened to Knocked Up, that's the episode that Rashan and Mela were on and they crushed me and Ben. It was wonderful and super fun. And I still have mm-hmm. nightmares about mm-hmm. this weird thumb doctor. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're so welcome. <laughs> oh, and also I wanted to mention, so Mela, I was listening to the New Year's Eve episode and I was listening to all your lists of all the things that you're going to listen to or watch all the movies you're going to watch. And I'm so excited. So many of them were movies I had never seen before either. And they were like 2007 movies. Ooh. Like a bunch of them were 2007. Zodiac. Oh. There Will Be Blood. Fucking Zodiac. <laughs> what was the first movie you said, Emily? Zodiac. Oh, okay. Wait. Wait, what movie? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of it. I don't know what this means. I don't know her. <laughs> it's okay. I've never seen it either. But I will be watching it. At some point. Same. Yeah. I'm not going to tell y'all when. I'm just going to watch it by myself in the dark and see what happens. Nothing ever goes wrong with that setup. (laughs) Right. Never. (laughs) Seems cozy. Okay. So speaking of movies, I got a question for you, Wes. Yeah. What movie would you say made you a cinephile? So, like a good, compliant, helpful guest on your podcast i'm gonna answer with two movies um <laughs> so, all right let's do it uh, i, love I think they kind of relate and I, I can tie them together but they they both are are movies that really challenged what i understood to be movies at um i guess formative ages so the first one uh when i when i got asked this was uh donnie darko mm. uh so it came out in 2001 i was somewhere before high school i think uh but you know a teenager and it was just one of those movies that i think it was the first one that ever really made me go like what the fuck yeah and (laughs) it's it's one that i had to watch over and over again and i watched it with friends so it was like a, a community thing where we were all in it together and it just it was the first one that really like challenged my understanding of what a movie was because like i i I'm totally good with with dumb movies and and brainless watches, but like that was one of the first ones that made me have to reanalyze and think about what I had just seen, and and especially on rewatches, noticing things happen for the first time, even though I had already seen it. And that aspect of a movie was always really really exciting. So that leads me into my second one, which I think is honestly the the movie that really broke me for the first time oh. and um it is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind <gasps> oh boy and Plus I, we just became oh. best friends <laughs> <laughs> so i i have a very 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 vivid memory of going to see this movie at a movie theater with some friends and i remember going out to my car after the movie sitting in my driver's seat literally just staring at the parking lot from my driver's seat for like a half an hour going like just contemplating life like what did i just watch I feel you wesley um why why do i feel the things that i'm feeling right now because of everything that just yep. happened so absolutely um, you know they might not be like the most academic or um well produced what i mean they're they're great movies but like you know they're they're not uh maybe the the greatest movies in that aspect but for me at least they they were movies that made me 
question what it is about movies that I like. Yeah. That's a good so answer. He brought That's a good, good answer. answer. Wesley's deep and he's single, ladies. Thank Get you. him in a pageant. <laughs> Got those good answers. Ooh. What kind of pageant? Yeah, that sounds fun. Sounded like the goddamn family feud in here, dude. <laughs> okay, Emily. I'm so ready. For a million dollars. A million dollars. What movie could you quote from start to finish? I had a really tough time thinking about this question because my sisters and I just quote movies from our childhood constantly. And just we'll go back and forth and especially musicals. And so I was trying to think like, okay, The Labyrinth, I probably could quote like most of it. Princess Bride, The Road to El Dorado, Finding Nemo probably as well. But then my sister, I actually asked her, one of my sisters told me, no, it's definitely The Producers. So 2005, The Producers. I am not kidding you. My siblings and I, we would drive, because I'm from Minnesota, we'd drive up north to visit my folks, and we would listen to the soundtrack. We would quote the whole movie. We would, I still remember my little tiny sister, my youngest sister, dancing and singing Springtime for Hitler as loud as she could. So yeah, I think I think that would be the one, but I might have to like split the money with my sisters and take them with me. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Tag team it. Tag team it. So em- Emily, this is um a rare flip of the switch because on our show, the three of us, uh, Ben, Matt, and myself, normally give Emily crap constantly about movies that she hasn't seen. Um, I have never seen the producers. Oh, so. neither has Ben, I think. Oh, all right. No. Nope. Because I yelled at him about this, and I was like, you love musicals. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh, it's a musical? Never mind. <laughs> I've seen the Gene Wilder one, but I haven't seen the, the Matthew Broderick one. I think it's one of the better musical-to-movie adaptations because they use Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick right. in mm-hmm. it. I mean... The two of them are... Dynamic. Nathan Lane's yeah. amazing. All right. Ben, this has been cute. <laughs> this has been fun. <laughs> oh, no. Let's get to the real reason why we're here. <laughs> Relaxed. Uh, ben, we, we warned you ahead of time. We'd like you to pick a bone, uh, an opinion. Oh, I'm so excited. On one of one of our episodes from one of us, multiple. What do you got a problem with that we've said do in the past? see my shoulders just go? I'm so <laughs> nervous. Yeah. Turtle up. <laughs> so... Uh, I've read before that the quickest way to make friends is to attack the things that the people you just met love most. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Um, so I'm going to go after Josh and Lacey. Let's yes! Go. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> and on your podcast, I always hear you guys getting upset about being too nice. So I'm going to try to avoid that. My guy. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. That's my shit. Life itself is complete fucking trash. <gasps> the stunned faces more more um that's that's uh mella and lacy attack Um, oh okay well i i heard i heard in a recent episode that uh you and josh said that you loved it i think that was on your uh best of 2020 episode but Mella, you can join in too and fight back with me. This could turn into an yes. enti- this could be an entire episode, I'm sure, just us going at this one. But um, yeah, how can Josh? you say it's absolute crap? <laughs> real quick, real quick, real quick. 
I am. I I think it's nice. I think it's more Lacey and Mella. So I'm going to tag Mella out on this one. Okay. I think it's nice, but I can't. Okay. I can't defend yeah. it that bad. So Mella, I'm going to tag you in. Mella, you look like you're fuming. <laughs> I trash. Trash. So my mate. <laughs> what the fuck? Antonio Banderas is in it. What are you talking about? Zorro. So my main critique of it is just from a screenwriting perspective, which is that the entirety of the movie is super emotionally manipulative. And as a result of that manipulation, nothing in the movie feels authentic. Like none of the characters feel real. None of the dialogue feels like real dialogue that would ever be said by a person. It's also just (laughs) heavy handedly scripted, like the plotting, the dialogue, it's all got this air of self-importance that makes it impossible to penetrate as a viewer. Like it leaves me caring so little about the people on screen <laughs> because they're nothing more than just machinations to tragedy porn. Like it's like, God. it's like the writer of this was just writing with one hand because the other hand mm-hmm. was so busy jerking it to how self-satisfied he is with his own script. <laughs> Lacey is literally searching. Let the hate consume you. <laughs> okay. I would like to make a point here. Good. Yeah, Go ahead. Go ahead. Good. <laughs> so when we watch porn, it's not always real when we see it on the screen, but we end up walking away loving it for no, What the reason? hell are you talking about? You don't watch about? no damn porn, <laughs> What are you talking about, Mel? <laughs> I am comparing life itself to that. I you You know it's fake. You know it's real. I'm not being whisked away to Spain. But I'm watching it for that reason. What kind of high budget porn? Or you mean in the movie you're being with Sue and Spain? In the movie. She pays for life itself. Girl, I got the subscription. What are we talking about? I think, though, I did not go into the movie when I watched it for the first time. I went in with no knowledge of it, no expectations for it. And I think. I, I can agree with you that I see the emotional manipulation in it. That, that scene where she, her dog is being put down and she whispers to, I, I can't even talk about it because it makes me want to fucking ball my eyes out. Once you get that first twist of, okay, this story is not just about these two characters and mm-hmm. you start following along the timeline of all of these different intersecting storylines, I I jumped on board. It's heightened, but I think it's for a purpose. Yeah, but the way that it jumps around doesn't allow you any breathing room to really get to know the characters or get invested into the plight that they're experiencing. Like, it's all just, hey, here's a person, here's a tragedy that they experience. let's move on. We have a term for that on the pod. Mello, would you like to... What? Baby, that's all gas, no brakes. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that is. And I think I think the payoff though comes at the end when you're seeing the 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 culmination of all of these stories bringing these two final characters together. Like I don't I don't necessarily feel like the movie is about these uh Rashawn's favorite word vignettes um throughout, but it's about <laughs> these <laughs> but it's about <laughs> bringing these two kids together and why they're meant to be together. So that's where I buy into it. But we don't ever get to experience the joy of them being a couple because it's basically glossed over with a really quick montage to get to the end of the movie. Like it builds to this meeting point 
And then it doesn't give us that satisfaction of actually getting to meet who this couple is and how they relate to each other. Like, it's just real quick after that. Rashawn is so satisfied right <laughs> he now. He really is. Y'all, when I tell you I was sure that it was me. <laughs> I'm so glad. The title of the movie, though, is Life Itself. And I think that we're seeing, like, we're seeing that moment. We're seeing that, like, it's not necessarily about the payoff of the story for me. It's about what got them there. Like that, that, that kismet. Right. It's the journey to get there. It's the journey of everything that happened before to make this couple happen. Ben, you're making me itchy. I don't like this. <laughs> I got to jump in real quick and, and say my absolutely two favorite things about this entire segment was watching Lacey search the galaxy while Ben was destroying this movie for for answers from from God herself. And then uh, just for everybody listening, this is what it's like when uh, when Ben battles every week on our podcast. <laughs> so if 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 you like the the unrelenting just bullshit that Ben can spin in a moment, um, come check us out. <laughs> Just fucking destroys. I that was ruthless, and I applaud you. That was that was very well done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> ben came in with prison yard rules. He said he walk <laughs> you walk up to the biggest guy on the yard and you punch him right in the mouth. <laughs> he fucking did. All right, a preview of coming events. <laughs> um, <laughs> with having said that, Emily, what are we fighting about today? Ooh, we're fighting about the greatest showman. Can I have your attention? You're all dismissed. Bankrupt. Better luck with your next job. I am not a stranger to the dark. <sighs> this is not the life I promised you. Not even close. Because we don't want your broken parts. Girls. I think I've had an idea. Look out, cause here I come. And I'm marching on to the beat I draw. P.T. Barnum, at your service. I'm putting together a show. And I need a star. Every one of us is special. And nobody is like any one of us. That's the point of my show. Bertie? Showtime. The greatest show, man. <laughs> Take a breath, Rashawn. <laughs> yeah, let me breathe. Let me breathe. <laughs> it's a 2017 American musical directed by Michael Gracie. <laughs> it stars Hugh Jackman, Michelle Williams, Zac Efron, Zendaya, and it is about the titular showman, P.T. Barnum. <laughs> I know. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> Who <laughs> turns to show business and rises up from nothing to create the Barnum and Bailey Circus. This is a musical that features contemporary music set to a, an older time period. I have a confession to make. I brought this movie to the podcast. Oh, yes, he did. I knew it. But but I'm gonna go down swinging. I 
love this movie. I think the music by Pasek and Paul, who did La La Land and Dear Evan Hansen and Smash, mm-hmm. the criminally underrated, canceled too <laughs> soon, Smash. Focus. I know, I'm sorry. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you going down that rabbit hole. Smash is a masterpiece. Focus. (laughs) (laughs) Is amazing. And honestly, that's why I show up to a musical. And on that front, I think this movie delivers in spades. Have at it. (laughs) I'm with you. Pask and Paul, I think, are modern day, as close as we got to, like, golden age of musical theater. Like, for modern day, they're some of the best we got. Correct. Mm -hmm. I think... I'll start nice as well. There are two triple threats in this movie. Mm -hmm. Hugh Jackman, obviously. Zendaya's flawless, dude. Mm -hmm. She's so good in everything, but in this especially. I mean... What about Zaki Poo? Here's... Okay. So here's... (laughs) I explained this to Lacey when we were watching what I think about Zac Efron singing specifically. I think he's a good actor. I think he's an underrated actor. He's a product of his director or script, I think. He can be very good or very not when it comes to his singing he's and i mean this in the best way he's the most unflashy singer in the game in that like all of his notes are hit they're hit correctly nothing's out of place but that leaves the female side in these duets that he's kind of famous for like greatest showman and high school musical the female side can go nuts and the males Mm -hmm. the male side the harmonies those notes are getting hit consistently every time Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, but I don't think he's anywhere near as good of a singer as Zendaya. The big Z is is phenomenal in this movie. How's that? I heard something earlier that surprised me from Ben, that you love musicals? I do. So at the school that I work at, I actually direct the school musicals. Nice. So, mm-hmm. and I, I grew, grew up doing musical theater. Emily also was my, my technical director for some of the shows that we did. So Emily was also part of that. She's very talented. She said, give me my fucking props. <laughs> yeah, you better. I wonder what would happen if I cleared my throat. <laughs> I love musicals and I love the spectacle of them and just how uh, big and broad the, the actors can be and just how out there everything is. This one didn't work for me. and. Well, I think the songs are catchy, and that's a, I can attribute that to Pasek and Paul. They're, they're very talented writers. It feels like the songs for this movie were written first, and then a narrative was built around them. Yes. Yes, snaps to you, Ben. <laughs> I totally agree. I actually heard some of the music first. There was a big production in some... I can't even remember, but I I saw like people doing trapeze stuff and I heard the main opening number and I was like, what the fuck in real life? It was amazing. Mm -hmm. But then I didn't realize it was actually from a movie. And I still remember so many people raving about it at school because like all of our kids, all of our students were like little theater kids and they're like singing and everything. And all I could hear were the same songs played over and over and over again. I'm like, these are great. And I just never felt like I ever wanted to see it. So now I've seen it twice and I'm miserable for it. (laughs) (laughs) This movie has gargantuan first year theater major energy. Yes! Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is wrong with that? It's a lot. <laughs> you went to theater school. You know It's when you pat them on the head and you go, oh honey. <laughs> yeah. It's earnest. Oh. <laughs> Who's earnest and why are you lying about it? 
The dog man. <laughs> it's boy. It's dog boy. He's a man now. It's been a couple years. <laughs> so if I'm I'm taking the pulse from the room here, I feel like I'm going to come down hard on the other side. I don't like musicals at all. Um, Live it. Go for it. But I will say that I ended up liking this movie. Yes, God bless. Come through, Wes. What's but I'm gonna up, hold on, hold on. I don't want your I don't want your respect yet. Um, I'm still gonna come down hard on the other side because the thing I liked about this movie was the acting and the story and not the music. I absolutely hated all of the music in this. Wow. Uh, nothing against the performances, but it's I think a deep, deeply seated hate for musicals. So nothing, nothing against the music in this, but I don't like musicals. I don't like when there's uh, a, a musical song driving the story at all. And somehow this movie was able to have during the non-musical parts, a decent acting, a decent Mm-mm. story. Like it was, it was a good movie outside of the music. And I, I know that, that I, at least my other co-hosts here, cause we uh, kind of discussed this already as I was watching it. Cause I, I like to vent when I watch movies, um, <laughs> but I hated everything about this movie. That was the music and I'll, I'll die on that hill. I, I respect everybody else's opinion for it. But at the end of the day, I did. God damn it, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You know what it is? Just to throw a huge wrench in everything, I bet it's because Zac Efron's in it, Wesley. Because you didn't like Hairspray either. I was just and about I feel to like, ask. And I feel like it's it's because of Zac Efron, and that's the only reason. Zac Efron and Zendaya were my favorite parts of this movie. Oh. Wow. Thank you. Um, no, it is not Zac Efron. I actually really liked uh, like his singing and acting voice. I, I don't know Me why, too, but it sounded like he, he took it down an octave for for the singing role like it was a character choice that he was like i'm gonna sing a little bit lower because i'm a professional and fancy but like (laughs) i i I still liked it and i I liked his character but just i music in general and if you want to get into my my psychosis of of why that is we can we can talk about that later because nobody else needs to hear that (laughs) nelly you seem to get really excited when he said he liked it what i would side of the fence you land on to quote Rashawn last night this movie fucking slaps <laughs> it, it slaps you in the face in how offensively earnest it is <laughs> for clarification that was two minutes in <laughs> two minutes like Hugh Jackman stomped his little like what a staff or whatever he had and he was like yeah this movie slaps I'm like yes <laughs> I saw this movie in theater. I think I've seen it four times after. I've listened to the music. It's fucking good. Ghost. Um, Ghost. I think because <laughs> I just buy into everything. I buy into the CGI. I buy into little Tom Thumb getting shorter than he normally is in life. <laughs> I buy into the fake elephants. I am on the ride the whole fucking time. And I think the music is the best part of this movie like the the movie i like it but the music i will listen I, i'll listen to it next time i get in the car mm-hmm. Mark my words Lacey, where are you at <sighs> wow <laughs> um i have before we watched it for this episode i had only watched the movie once before and i felt so lukewarm about it then 
And I feel kind of the same way about it now. I can see why it resonates with so many people and why it can work for so many people. I think the music is beautiful. And personally, I think the music carries the story. But for me, I can't look past the fact. Say it. <laughs> that this is about P.T. Barnum. There it is. All right, let's let's get into yes. it. Yes. Let's, let's go. get into yep. it. Like one, it's a circus story. No one goes into a circus story wanting to know about the ringmaster. Everyone wants to see the oddities and the like the side characters. I want more of that world. I want that story um, mm-hmm. with this music. And P.T. Barnum was a piece of shit. Piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Period. He was like a historically huge asshole. He was awful. Mm-hmm. And you get. A little bit of that, like you see him being the bad guy, quote unquote, but then that whole final act is his redemption. And I didn't need that. I could have had everyone else banding together. We'll come back home. We'll rebuild this with Bailey and it's Zac Efron and Zendaya and the end. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't have to make this movie be P.T. Barnum. Like, just make it a general circus story and give them a similar backstory, but create a unique character so that that type of critique is not even valid anymore. But because they go with P.T. Barnum, they draw these comparisons to a guy who was a piece of shit. And they try to make him the hero and deify him, and it doesn't work because of that. There there are moments where I catch myself really liking this movie. Like, obviously, Hugh Jackman mm-hmm. sweats charisma. <laughs> Zach Efron is great. Zendaya is great. Yaya's in it, say less. Yep. <laughs> but the whole movie, the fact that it's P.T. Barnum is in the back of my head. And I'm like, well, he said elephants can't feel pain. Like, I can't stop fucking thinking about it. And it, like, it just takes a big, fat fart all over the movie for me. I knew nothing about P.T. Barnum. I have never gone to a circus. I have never done any of that. And so like that was never in my mind. But then later I started reading a little bit. And also the fact that Hugh Jackman read like many dozen books about P.T. Barnum to research Mm -hmm. the role. I just was like, wait, so you wanted to be like him? Like you wanted to? Okay, cool. And I guess I just... There were so many moving parts of the story that always seemed to culminate in a big number. Mm -hmm. And then we are just moving on. So it's like multiple different stories that never actually intertwine. It's stupid vignettes again. Fuck this. Um. (laughs) Don't blame the vignettes. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess I just, I didn't believe so much of it. And maybe it's because I didn't see it in theaters. Because Mela, I'm just like you. When I go to a theater... I just get swept up in everything. We just had a recording of At World's End for Pirates 3. And I just, I remember being in the movie theater and just being obsessed with just the visuals and being carried away in the lack of story that is even there. But Mm -hmm. I loved it and I still love it. But in this, I will say, as I got drunker, things got better for me the second time around. That sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) Then I started getting carried away with it. And I absolutely started to fall in love with a lot of the music, musical numbers. But still, there's something to that. Like, I I watched Venom in the theaters and I was like, this is fun. Eddie Brock is sassy. This is is a good time. And then I watched it at home and I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) 
maybe that's uh too too deep of a of a turn here but what do you think that'll do to to movies coming out now with with 2020 and the pandemic and and not being able to see movies in theaters currently and they're probably being a lull in the entertainment business but if we're not able to see movies on a big screen does that force creators to make something that's good no matter how many inches you're looking at it at i think we're already seeing that i think wonder woman would have been accept accepted a lot better from the fans if a lot of them had seen it in the theater i don't know if it's going to affect filmmakers i think it's going to affect especially with the big tent photo uh, moving pictures like wonder woman and the, and the the superhero and action movies that maybe would have been received medium to good now they're going to be received poor to medium instead Rashawn, you were you were just thrown a lot of critiques can you <laughs> itemize and defend them hold on compartmentalizing <laughs> who i need to, who i need to hit first <laughs> look i understand that pt is a terrible terrible person mm-hmm. i have yep. a card that i've been hiding <laughs> i don't even know if it'll work but in the realm of projects about terrible people i have two points here's the thing I am used to watching things about bad white men in history, and that that is fine. For things that are not about bad white men in history, I would drop the card that is Hamilton. We love Hamilton. The main characters in Hamilton might or might not be the best people. You can say it's slave owners. They own slaves, among other things. But in history, does not look kindly upon them. While ironically, the show is about history having its eyes on you. Yada, 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 yada. I'm not saying that The Greatest Showman is Hamilton, because fuck no. But (laughs) I'm saying that we enjoy and maybe accept some of the things about the people that Hamilton is about because of how extraordinary that piece of art is. I will put it to you, though. The the switch from making Greatest Showman about just an, an original ringmaster versus the switch of hamilton to fill all these fictional political seats is a lot different i agree and i agree with what ben said like if they had just chosen to not make this musical about pt barnum if it had just been about some guy that liked being in a circus and loved red jackets i'd be like (laughs) all about it you know what i mean and i wouldn't have any qualms about loving it but Reading up about P.T. Barnum is not a great idea. (laughs) So the critique of Hamilton as, you know, it it glosses over the the race issue and and the bad stuff that the white men did. I think it works in Hamilton because it's uh, minorities who Mm -hmm. have kind of taken over the story and told it, chosen to tell it in this way. Absolutely. So I can can look over the things that the founding fathers did Mm -hmm. to enjoy that piece of entertainment because it's, it's as if Lin-Manuel and all of the other actors in there are saying, no, we're taking back, we're taking ownership of this and we're not forgiving the things they did, but we're going to use that to tell this story that is going to transcend race. Whereas greatest showman doesn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But the, in fact, in fact, Greatest Showman glazes over the issue of race, even when it's able to possibly be presented. Like Zendaya and Yaya 
they are outcasts because they're black. Yeah. But they don't ever specifically say that it's because they're black. They're just like, oh, they're lower class or they're this. We never actually get to the heart of race being the reason that they're outcasts. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a cop out. But do you want... I feel like I know the answer. <laughs> do you want a musical that gets that deep into it? Or like, this is so, as I've said before, cotton candy. You know what I mean? Like there are stories that take misogyny and racism and just kind of like lightly tap it on the head. You know what I mean? And this is one of those like light and fluffy cotton candy. But that's not, that's the part I'm invested in though. Like Wes (laughs) said, like Zendaya and uh, Zac Efron's relationship. That's the part, like that and the story of the quote unquote freak show. Like that's the story I want. Um, Oh, I totally agree with you, Lacey. Yeah. That was more interesting to me. So much more. I didn't care about P.T. Barnum. No. I was like, okay, great. You already got your your big thing and you've got all this happiness and you have a family. Great. Move on. I want to focus on these other incredible stories and I got nothing Mm -hmm. from it. Mm -hmm. Well, we have to dance and sing. It's oh, let's let's talk about the dancing. Let's talk Sean, about the dancing. Yes, Don't yes. come for the dancing right now. The, the dancing, the amazing. choreography in this is weak as hell, and. The, ah, the reason that you, the reason you don't think that is because of how the director chose to shoot it, which is was a lot of fast cuts to make it feel like it's really energetic and cool. But if you watch it, they are literally just hopping around for most of the choreography, <laughs> not doing no, anything not. interesting. No, they're not. No, <laughs> that's a lie. Best thing that Ben texted me was like, honestly, this is something I could have choreographed, and I was like, oh my god, you are absolutely right. And Ben. Like, he's not terrible at choreography, but he's not good. <laughs> there are so many people spasming right now on camera. No. That just tells me that he's a great choreographer because this, this dancing is amazing. Okay, I, I didn't think that watching it, but I will say when Ben brought up the choreography, I tried to think back about the choreography and the first, like, <laughs> three to five moments of choreography that came into my head were either... Yaya and Z on trapeze, or Hugh and Zach doing cool mm-hmm. hat tricks. No, Mm-mm. y'all need to watch Yum. those again. And those were like the <laughs> only good parts. What's uh, name I, I a will, good moment of no, choreography? Uh, All I of them. Name, I will name one, and it's during from now on <laughs> at the end where the uh, circus folk are able to. Yeah really really let loose mm. and at mm-hmm. that time the camera pulls back to shoot it all in wide so that you can really see how cool it is and it lets that that breathe everywhere else in the movie it's claustrophobic in the way it chooses yeah. to film that choreography because the choreography is not that good and it's trying to hide that this movie would have been way better with a director who is a choreographer or if they gave Zac Efron a basketball <laughs> <laughs> give Zac Efron a basketball you cowards get your head in the game <laughs> I think Come Alive has also has what you're talking about, Ben, with they, they pull out. I do agree that there are really hard cuts and it makes it hard to kind of take in the entirety of the choreography. But during Come Alive, I think when they're in the center ring and they're all together, I think the choreography is so good. Like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> it is so good. No, I I fell in that trap, too. I thought it was very crisp. I was taken in by it i was like this is a great spectacle but then watching it again even though i was kind of drunk i was like i can do that and i can't dance i 
can do, do it. that. Do it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about what about the the pot de deux though at the beginning, like that that scene on the rooftop between Hugh and Michelle Williams, like. The, I mean that I can agree. CGI, that's like all like yeah. quick cuts CGI. That I'm that's like, the part of the choreography. I was like, oh, this is pretty. <laughs> this is dreamy. What? Well, I I was gonna say I don't hate it. I definitely is not gonna say it's my favorite, but that one seemed to me kind of. I guess if I was gonna say a cop out, that one would be one because it's like they could have just danced beneath the sheets if you really want true choreography, but. Wait, what's dancing beneath the sheets? Oh, I'll show you after the, you know. <laughs> Cinephiles at the dark. <laughs> but I think it sets up what type of movie it's going to be. It's like it has that from start to finish with all of that kind of like CGI quick shots. It sets it up right there in that, that scene with them too. So the Disney rule is you have dialogue until the emotions are too high, then you sing, and then until those emotions get too high, and then you dance. Speaking about the rooftop scene, what emotion is it that causes her to try to yeet herself off of the rooftop? Thank you. <laughs> Happiness. She is yearning for something more. She's yeah, she's yearning out. for death. The cold, <laughs> hard, compact over the concrete. Edge? She's this is her I want song. She's yes! reaching for her future. No, it's not even that. It's she has that much trust in her partner. She has that much trust in PT that he's gonna catch her, that she just goes. Yes. Okay. That's cute. The moon was entirely too big, but that's cute. She read the rest of the script and realized the way her character was gonna be treated the rest of the way and was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm Michelle fucking Williams. I'm not staying around for this shit. I do feel like she was very underutilized in this in this whole yeah, movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, she has that that song in the beginning. She has her solo towards the end. And I'm gonna be honest: as beautiful as Never Enough is, I didn't. I don't need that storyline at all. Nope. That was such a throwaway, like twenty minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. I'll take the number though. I mean, yeah. keep the number. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah give yeah, that yeah. to Michelle Williams. Yeah, Never Enough. Mm-hmm. It, that, that's for her character. Yeah. That that is her character. I have to be honest. I think that was the song I hated the most. Oh, Emily, <laughs> what's Emily. happening? Yeah. I could handle it. And maybe it's just because I don't know the woman who played uh Jenny Lind, I think is her name. Uh, but mm-hmm. just the way she was presenting herself this big operatic moment and it just felt like a climax that went nowhere. It's like, I'm awesome. And P.T. Barnum's so excited because he succeeded finally. And, and it just didn't feel real. It was so hollow and felt like they were throwing their agenda in our faces. Totally agree with you, Emily. It's mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Th- that whole storyline like doesn't work for me at all. And I, I think you're spot on. Like It, ju- it feels dropped in as a plot device for PT. That was supposed to originally be Anne Hathaway. Really? Oh, hmm. was, oh what was that I wrote, Ben? I'm, well, would she have actually sung or would they have dubbed over her voice like they did the actress in this one? Because that was not... I don't know. That was mm-hmm. not... I forget her name, but it was not her voice. It was some other singer. Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. That's right, yeah. I, yeah, it was, it was... She's a singer from The Voice, actually. Her mm. name's Lauren Allred. Who's, she's incredible. I mean, that song mm-hmm. is 
Sorry, Emily. And they look so much alike. <laughs> if they look so much alike, why why even not have just Lauren Allred in the movie? Thank you. Right. Thank you, Ben. Yeah. Or just mm-hmm. cut the whole stupid plot. <laughs> you know, just get rid of it. Yeah. No, because then you don't get the reprise. It's heartbreaking. (laughs) I don't care about her, though. I don't care about her or PT. So, like, I don't, all that, all that, like, reprise is as beautifully sung as it is. It's just a, like, again, it's a plot device to break up PT and, oh boy, I'm blanking on her name, Michelle Williams. Charity. Um, Charity, Charity, thank you. It's just Mm -hmm. a plot device to break them up. And you could have done that. With literally anything else that yeah. went with the circus. Mm-hmm. I have to know what Wesley is thinking right now. Because Wesley was all about the plot and the story. So I just got to know, what's going on in your head, Wes? I feel vindicated with how many things have been brought up as everyone's favorite. And also, at the same time, everyone else hates it. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm coming out on the right side of this story, no matter where anybody else thinks is, is good or bad. Um playing that long game yeah i i I mean it's a lot of talk about the musical so i don't have a lot of opinions on on the music i hear what everybody's saying i'm not saying this is the best movie in the world and uh maybe it's a case of you know when you get like a cold and you have a cold for like a week and then you get a little bit better one day you're not healthy at all but that first day after you start to feel better from a cold you're like this is the best i've felt in years Maybe that's what I thought that the that the non-musical parts of this movie were. So, I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. That's amazing. Oh, Wesley. That was perfect. I, thank you. You're perfect. I was going to say, Rashawn, what's your, what's your favorite thing about this movie? Like, mm. tell me what, why this musical resonates with you so much. Besides the music. Yeah, support my point. Wait. What in the musical besides the music? Yeah, because if you just like the music, play the soundtrack. Like, why this movie? But the numbers work really work for me. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they really, really do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's kind of all together for me. I see, That seems like you did not answer his question. It's, it's what Mel said. I, I think we saw it together. Yeah. I mean, those trailers played for months, and This Is Me was just like an earworm. And then by the time it came out, we went to see it. And I was just like, oh, okay, I see what the fuck you're doing. I'm not mad at it. But <laughs> in between the music, I, I could take it or leave it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. But okay. I think about Come Alive. I think about From Now On. Rewrite the Stars is just such mm-hmm. a great sequence, I think. They're both just doing great work together. In those moments like hold whatever is happening in between together for me. So that kind of get, so Ben and I got into a little bit of a a discussion about this because obviously we're coming down on very opposite ends of this spectrum of, I kind of liked the movie. Ben didn't, I hated the music. Ben liked it. I liked the story. Ben didn't. So we're, we're, we're pretty much the opposite sides of the card at this point. And one of the notes that I took during this movie is that, musicals in movies are just for people who don't like watching acting and (laughs) what (laughs) what i think exactly what rashawn just said made that point very clear and it's kind of what ben ben just asked too like why don't why don't you just listen to the soundtrack 
if if you want to watch the music and that's the only part of this that you like, then then why not just have the music? Like if if you don't like the acting part of it, then why 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 is the movie a good part? Emily's about to tear my head off through through the game. The acting was not a problem to me. It was the fucking story. The story made zero sense. It was not motivating or captivating in the least bit. What the fuck, Wesley? <laughs> <laughs> then, then why, then why enjoy the whole thing? Like, I, I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm, I, I don't dislike what's happening in the middle. I just don't need. It. <laughs> I don't have a rebuttal the other way either. So, like, I'm, I'm not, not putting you on the spot or anything. I, and again, going back to my original statement, I think that's just the deep seated personal trauma that I must have lived through at some point in my life where I just. I don't like musicals. No, you're asking great questions and I don't really know how to answer. (laughs) (laughs) Is this, is this like on the needle? Is this closer to what you, if you had to like strap down and watch a musical, is this closer or farther away from what you would, you would fuck with? Having only seen it one time. And again, like I, I did come out of this thinking that I enjoyed it. I would guess that it's closer. I think really the only musical I can think of that I like is Chicago. Ooh, good choice. And I don't know what that says about it either, but like the music and that's great, the acting and that's great, the story and that's great. But like we've done a couple musicals on our show as well. And coming, (laughs) I love Emily's expression. I just don't know what she's thinking. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just haven't seen many musicals that, that I can understand why this is a movie. Like if this were a live show, that's one thing, and and something we had discussed, and uh, I believe we talked about hairspray on our show, where if this were a live performance, the need for all of this describing scenery and explaining everything that's going on in the world exposition. Thank you, Emily. That's that is absolutely the word I was. Uh, grasping at straws for um yeah there's so much exposition dump in these in these songs that no you're a hollywood movie you can do that if you're a high school musical you can't do that so you have to sing about it i get it then that there's there's a a mean uh, there's a need for that that medium and i just i just don't i don't bite and it's it's nothing against anybody i, I don't think anybody's wrong for liking it but you know, uh, pass pass on inviting me for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley, I don't remember. Did you say you've gone to some live musicals before, right? Oh, I've been to lots, yeah. Then what the... F- fuck you. Get out of here. I just explained why I like live musicals and not movie musicals. Oh, it's the movie. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I totally understand that. I totally understand why you wouldn't like a movie musical. And I briefly touched on that in some of our episodes of how I I have feelings about mu- musicals turned into movies. But this movie was made as a movie musical. And I think that was my issue with it is I felt like it should have been so much more than it was because it was mm-hmm. made to be a movie. Exactly. Not a musical. Yeah. So thank you for making my point. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> Lacey, how you feeling? You feel okay? I feel fine, but like I watched it, and again, I the whole time through, I just can't get the fact that it's PT Barnum out of my head, and it really detracts from the experience for me. Like Ben said, 
I think I would be head over heels in love with this if it had just been a fictitious character. We get to from now on, and I was crying like a baby. I miss theater so much. And that final act of the movie is so much like the spirit of a troupe and Mm -hmm. a theater group. And it just had me so nostalgic for it and longing for it and so I in that sense I think the movie does something (laughs) for the people watching it um I'm just not sure it always works for me it kind of depends I guess where I'm at in life at that time it's interesting you say that because I had a similar feeling I haven't been in theater like me actually doing stuff in theater besides like behind the scenes stuff since high school like I'm a teacher. I'm not professional. <laughs> but just thinking about at our art school that we teach at, this movie was for those kids. And I can see that. And I can see the love and the experience at the end of being able to be part of a theater or be a part of a cast or a crew. And I can definitely feel those emotions. But again, it was all because of the music. It wasn't because of the story. I didn't feel this circus kind of becoming this collaborative family. They kept telling me they were a family, but I didn't see it. (laughs) And so I can definitely empathize and feel all the emotions at the end that I'm supposed to, but it doesn't mean I like the movie or the story whatsoever. I think it just all comes back to what I what I've said I think 18 times so far throughout this podcast is <laughs> I would have much rather just watched the the circus troupe the whole time. And I think mm-hmm. I think the reason why the group numbers especially hit so hard and hit so different is because it's the people that we want to see. It's it's the group that we want to see performing and hear from and hear their stories. So I've I've got a I've got a pitch here. Um it's come up multiple times that this movie would be better if it wasn't about P.T. Barnum and just some fictional character. So would you would you guys all have liked this movie better if it was about a character named uh, P.T. San Diego? <laughs> or PTSD for short? Oh my god. <laughs> um, probably more than P.T. Barnum, yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Before we move on, I do want to give a shout out to the choreographer. Uh, his name is Ashley Wallen and the entire ensemble mm-hmm. of The Greatest Showman. They don't really get names or arcs or characters, but I think they are doing great work behind the stars of the movie. Oh, yeah. For me. Um, <laughs> so I just want to shout them out. Always. Especially the guy who played the bartender. He That's was really, really cool. Yeah. He's great. A really cool thing. All right. You guys want to play some games? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I want to play games. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. They don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. I despise guessing games. Come on, boy. Boy, play with me. Riddle me that. Awesome. This is going to be painless, I promise. Just kidding. I don't believe you at all. (laughs) Not for a second. Okay, for this. It's going to be a kind of an elimination style brackets. I don't have a name for it, but we're going to do it. Okay. <laughs> I have paired up each host with a host from the other show. 
I have Lacey and Emily together. Yeah! Wesley will be with Joshua. Let's get it. And Mela and Ben. Let's go. All right. Let's do it. So before we get to the first game, we're going to do a little prices Right to determine the order. One penny. Y'all have listened to the pe- the podcast. You know how bad I am at games. I'm sorry, ahead of time, Emily. No, I'm I'm just glad that Ben and Josh didn't get paired together. Sorry, Mella. I know you're great. Oh but no, I that would have same. just been horrifying <laughs> to me. So I'm gonna give each team a, a minute to converse with each other on mic. Totally fine. Prices right rules. The highest grossing musical, movie musical, is what Lacey? You know. Wait, is it? This is not the. This is not the question. I just. Oh, I was like, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's the Lion King. Oh, oh fuck you! Fuck you, Rashawn. Hit him one time with a spirit. The question, however, closest without going over, how much money worldwide did the Lion King gross? The 2019 version? The 2019 version of The Lion King. And I can't go over? No. Cannot go over. I swear Rashawn said it on that episode where you were talking about it. I feel, or maybe you did. It was like two billion or something. It's a lot. I want to say 1.6 billion. Okay. I trust you. (laughs) 1.6 billion. I just met you, but I'll trust you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mel and Ben. Power seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Um, that lean in. See, I think there's there's a strategy here. Yeah, it's called being third. We <laughs> either go we either go one dollar over Emily and Lacey and then make them have to decide whether they're going to go above us or go below that and take one because either way, I think we're screwed. <laughs> so... Are you doing math right now? It's so nice to win already. I don't think it's that high, though. I don't think it's 1.6. So let's go 1.3. Sure. 1.3. Okay. Locking it in? Okay. Locking in. <laughs> Great. Josh and Wes. Okay, Wes, something like deep in my gut says 1.2, but I don't know that as a fact. Well, if your gut says lower than both of them, let's go a dollar. <laughs> dollar. Okay. <laughs> the Lion King 2019 grossed $1.6 billion. No oh, shit. Oh. Yes. No, but that's rounding up, right? It's like 1.58. No. That feels really good. Wow. That's way too much. It's way too much. Agreed. So, Lacey and Emily, you get to decide the order of the three teams for the next round. Yeah! Oh, well, okay. I, I, I guess it depends on the game. Are we still doing prices, right? It involves movie musicals. I'll say that. Okay. I'm sorry, Josh. <laughs> we got this. Yeah, why'd you pair me and Wes together? What the fuck is that? <laughs> I didn't know about Wes's history before I did this. Hey, we'll charm our way through it. Well, let's yeah. let's make let's make Wes and Josh go first. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yep, I totally agree. I think I think we go last. I thrive on danger. Okay. I think Great. Wes and Josh have to go first then, because then they can't listen to our conversations. <laughs> yes. 
order is Josh and Wes, Ben and Mal, Emily and Lacey. I'm down with the middle. <laughs> Great. Okay. The next round is about movie musicals in relation to the Oscars. Oh, no. This is all Ben. <laughs> so this is another Price is Right question. We're getting into points. Wait, we didn't get any points for that? You just got- No, you got an <gasps> advantage. I was right on the nose! <laughs> you were. Congratulations. <laughs> wow, you really paired the right two together or something. <laughs> so, Wes, Josh. Yeah. I'm looking for a number. How many movie musicals have won Best Picture at the Oscars? I know Chicago. All right, so we're going at least one. Okay. We're at least one. Um... <laughs> I think I think early Oscars like pre nineteen eighty had a few. How many how many years has the Oscars been going on? Since the thirties. Ninety three? Ninety four. Did you say ninety three, ninety four? Years. Oh, I was like Rashawn. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Okay, so our answer is somewhere between one and ninety three. Correct. Alright, we're we're agreed so far. Rashawn does does La La Land count, or is that like half? La La Land didn't win. It does not Did count. Did not win. That was the joke, Ben! <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever joke like that again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, I hate La La Land. All right. Um, hey, me too. <laughs> me too! Oh, yeah. oh, we gotta have a reunion. Yes. Okay. Guess what? I, I haven't seen it. You'd hate it. Okay. Oh. I, I want to say like a nice even three or four. Three's not an even number. <laughs> Force one of their hands because they you can't go over. That's a good point. That's a good point. Okay. Um, let's push it just that one more. One more. Let's go five. Locking in at five. Okay. Great. Oh man, I have four for sure. Okay. And I was gonna say lock in at five, but suck it. I feel like you're writing stuff down and you know more than me. I had I had three written down. <gasps> okay, I'm at five for sure in my head. So. Bummer, don't go over. Well, then do we... <sighs> well, we can't... <laughs> we can't say five also. No, I know. So should we So go... we gotta go six. Six, we're gonna go six. Thank you for the yeah. advantage of putting us first. You right? could say five and a half. <laughs> if you've got five, like... Huck. Okay, let's just go six. Okay. I really... I think second is the worst place to be in this game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Ladies? Okay, so I feel like... Mela just kind of made up a movie and was like trying to strategize like in my head a little bit and so she's just like oh yeah I know another one for sure five and then decided to go with six just to fuck with us so I think we should go with four really because I feel like this is so low ball really yeah but do you but do you remember that musicals aren't good (laughs) (laughs) I pose it to you (laughs) oh I feel because I feel like Especially back in like golden Hollywood days, like Singing in the Rain, My Fair Lady. Was that Best Picture? My was Fair Lady. Picture? I'm like I don't actually so know. So almost positive it was. Rashawn, can I can I use a lifeline? Can I make a call? No, quick? you cannot call Sam. <laughs> oh, <you> <laughs> uh, I see your phone okay. go up. Emily, we'll go with we'll go with your gut because you're way. Are you sure? Because like my gut is usually wrong. That's why I failed standardized testing. Same. <laughs> same just same person right here um oh no okay we either go four or we go high we go like eight four (laughs) you guys are going with yeah (laughs) if you're gonna go eight you might as well go ten 
the the misunderstanding of how Price is Right works is my favorite part of this. We either go right underneath the one or one or two above the next one. I've never played Price is Right. I've never even seen a fucking show. Team Emily Lacey really said the risk we took was calculated, but we're bad at math. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Heads. Okay, heads is we go over. Okay. It's heads. We're going over. Okay, eight. Oh, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Why? No, seven. We're going seven, Lacey. I love the confidence, dude. So much. (laughs) What is it? What is it? Rashad, give it to us. What's your final answer, ladies? It's seven. 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 Okay. The number of musicals that have won Best Picture is ten. What are they? Yeah, can we get a list? Here's the thing. Lacey and Emily get a point. Now, you can either pass to the next team, or you can keep your turn and name as many as you can for a point. <gasps> oh. Ooh. Oh, to get correct? Mm-hmm. Lacey, I don't know any of them except for Chicago, because I think Josh said that. Now, before you start listing, you need to place a bet. <gasps> On how many we can name? And match it. Okay. Do, do they get to keep going? No, we should keep this. We should try for sure. You can bet bet first. Yeah. If they yeah. can bet higher, then they get their turn. Oh. oh. So we can't actually like list them off right now. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's like Hollywood game night. Like I think I can name two, and then if Ben and Mella said I think I can name three, then they get the chance, and then we say. Okay. Well, Lacey, I can't name any, so. I know. I think I think I could do four. I think I could do. Uh, I could confidently do three. So eight. <laughs> no, because I want to keep our point. I'll say I could three. Josh and Wes. I I uh, I oh here's let me jump in. Yeah, I can't name three. I already know that Mella wrote down five. Right. I would rather gamble on Emily and Lacey not being able to name three than spitting a random bullshit number and giving it to Ben and Mella. Or we could hoard the points so no one gets them. Like, go down in flames. If we can't have them, no one else can. <laughs> have you thought I about that? like it. Nine. <laughs> nine? <laughs> I think seven would have been safe, but I really love the, I love the nine. Are you sticking with that? Yeah. Okay. Ben and Mel. What'd you write down over there, Ben? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure I have three that you have. Yeah. We can't get, we're not going to be able to get all 10. No. So do we want to show off our skills? Because we're going to be able to list more than Josh and Wes, at least. Or do, do we want to let them embarrass themselves? Well, here's the opportunity for you guys to make your podcast entertaining or for. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For us to come in and just destroy the sanctity of games. I I definitely have three for sure ones. I have two that are good guesses, possibly. Oh, I can just see the, the gambling addict in Ben's brain right now. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go, go for it, it, Mel. Let's do go it. Go for it. Let's go 10. Okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh! <sighs> okay. Rashawn, you got to give him a timer for this. For 10? 
Yes. All ten. It can be a long timer. I will. I will time them at a certain point. Okay. Mello, why don't you start? Okay. Say the ones on your list, and then we'll go from there. I have Chicago. Yep. West Side Story. Yep. Cabaret. That is incorrect. Oh shit. <gasps> Oliver. Correct. Um. Beauty and the Beast. Incorrect. No. My Fair Lady. That is correct. You're welcome. Yeah, how many incorrects are they getting? If they can name ten, they're good. No, 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 <laughs> no. So I can just start Free naming strength. as many Free musicals strength. as I can. <laughs> no. I named I named five correct ones. Okay, you got two and strikes. And then he named a six, which is Oliver. What what's what's the one that La La Land spoofs at the or pays homage to at the end of their movie? It's a Gene Kelly movie. I know what movie you're talking about. Is that not singing in the rain? Uh, Amer- American in Paris. That's correct. Come on. Yes. Um Sound of Music. Yes. There's one that's there's one that's got the word Broadway in it. I know there is. It's not Bullets Over Broadway. It's It's not that one. It's not Bullets Over Broadway, no. Bombs over Baghdad. Broadway Melody. That is correct. What? Oh my goodness! Oh my god! The Broadway Melody of 1929. So how many are we missing? One? You are missing one, two, three. Oh, man. What about... um? What's the one with Madonna? A League of Their Own? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Oh. Not, not A League of Their Own. The other one. This is very impressive because you don't... I think you're thinking of a different recording artist. No, no. She's thinking of Evita. That's the one. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna be nice and say that. You're thinking of Gili with. (laughs) That's not a musical. Maybe I was thinking. No, I don't. I don't think we're gonna get them. I'm sure all the ones we're missing are from before 1960. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then no. Carousel. No, that's a good guess. Oklahoma. No. Rashawn, you gotta end it. She's gonna just start (laughs) pulling them out. (laughs) The King and I. Okay. The part, the point goes to Josh and Wes. That's what I'm talking about. I was rooting for you, but uh, I mean, I'll take a point if you're gonna. Give it to me. <laughs> fucking. This is bullshit. The three you were missing were Gigi, Going My Way, and The Great Ziegfeld. Never heard of them. Yeah, I never would have guessed. Actually, I, I do know that one. I've seen Gigi actually. Yeah, another Gigi reference. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very impressed with both of you, by the way. Like, fuck you, Josh and Wesley. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really impressive. <laughs> that was very, very impressive. So, Josh and Wes, yeah. for the next round, yeah. you get to you need to send in one of your teammates and then choose one teammate from the other th- two teams. These are all about musicals. Yes. Wes, what do you think? Say that again. We have to choose one of us and then some, uh, just another person. One from each other team. Oh, okay. I I I know a little more, but not much about musicals. I think that's very safe to say. Ben scares me a little, so I'd I'd vote Mello for that team. <laughs> yeah, but we, my only thinking then, is, what if there's another twist where then, if we nominate Ben now, he's eliminated from something later? Right. Yeah. So the holdovers, because that's Rashawn is concerned about making everybody happy and he wouldn't just isolate half of the guests i love this strategy like this is great i know all this strategizing y'all don't get to the game (laughs) (laughs) 
let's just roll the dice. I mean, I've got a die right here. Let's, should we should we literally oh, roll Wes it? Oh, has dice. So we'll say odds are cinephile and evens are drink your podcast. So for me and you, first. Uh, 12. So you'll go in? Yeah, fuck me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so for Ben and Mella? Uh, one. So Mella going. And then Emily and Lacey? Two. Emily. All right. So it'll be Wes, Emily, and Mella. Woo! Woo! Okay. <laughs> okay. So the next round is a round robin elimination. Oh, oh my go. god. Let's say Wes, Mella, Emily in that order. Okay. Continuously. Disney musicals. Okay. Okay. As many as you can name. So each person says one. One after the other. Got it. This has got to be a tight timer, too. Yeah, Wesley. Are, are we just getting into it? <laughs> All right, Snow White. Lion King. Cinderella. Uh, <laughs> um, Five seconds. This is bad. Uh, Fox and the Hound. Do they sing in that? <laughs> no. no. They do. Yes, they do. It's, it's I wouldn't count it as a musical. Whatever! He's not on your team. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, Lucy. but that's a great movie. Is it me? Yes, it's down to Emily and Mel. That's all right. We got our point last round. I'm happy. Beauty and the Beast. The Little Mermaid. Aladdin. Sleeping Beauty. Fantasia. Frozen. Frozen 2. <laughs> nice. <laughs> My partner. <laughs> <laughs> Moana? Yeah. Pocahontas. Five seconds. Oh my god, why can't I think of anything right now? And congrats. Jen and Mella. Yeah! Not, Mella. No one saying goofy movie while Rashawn wears a power line shirt. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> why was that so hard? It was yeah, hard. we all really struggled with that one. <laughs> Okay, one point. No, one point. One point all around, right? Okay, last game is Family Feud. Let's fucking go. Put on your Steve Harvey boys. Welcome to the. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's how we're gonna decide this. Mm-hmm. One team is going in to represent both shows, and we're gonna do one more Price is Right to determine who that is. Okay. So the last Price is Right round. The highest grossing live action musical is Mamma Mia. Hell yeah. Oh my God. Hell yeah. How much money did Mamma Mia make? Discounting Disney. Okay, so discounting Beauty and the Beast. And Aladdin, yes. Okay, gotcha. Oh no. Who's going first? What's the order, Rashad? Yeah, we get to choose who goes first, right, mm-hmm. Mella? Because we won the last one? Yeah. Well, then we're going last. We're going last. And Josh and Wes can go fuck themselves and they'll go first. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wes, so here's the thing. It's got to be less than 1.6 billion. It's got to be less than that. We know that. We got a solid starting point. <laughs> yep, yep. Baseline. I say we just kind of midball and say about tree fitty. Three, $3.50. Okay. Joshua! <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, wow. Okay. I mean, we could we could just strike right down the middle and say like, I don't know how much 
I really don't know the baseline for like live action musicals. What's an insane number? I mean, it is ABBA, so you got to account for the Norwegian fan base. Are they Norwegian? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they're Norwegian. <laughs> I was just trying to think of, this, of whatever currency they have. I mean, what do we what do we want to say? Like an even four hundred mil? I was thinking three hundred, so I'm I'm comfortable anywhere in there. Let's go three fifty then. About yeah. tree fitty. About tree fitty. Yeah. <laughs> million dollars. <laughs> oh my god. Ladies. I don't feel like it's that much. Okay, I think it's more. <laughs> Damn it, Lacey. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more because look at the cast. Look at the like for That's it to true. have to for it to have they have grossed. to pay for that cast exactly. So for it to be the highest grossing with the cast that they paid, it has to be a, a high number, right? Because then you know those those cast members are marketing themselves. <laughs> like I say, no, we go five. Since you love this movie, I, I will, love I will Mama you, Mia. <laughs> I will let you you take the fall for that because I I remember Wesley and Ben on a practice episode for Mama Mia. I just mm-hmm. remember like how awful that was listening to it and watching it yeah so, i think on that practice episode we might have still been doing the the gross i think you might have said it <laughs> even so let's uh, we're gonna go 500 million rashan yeah 500 million i think it's higher than that i think it's higher i was gonna say 800 i think we just go 501 and not risk it <sighs> i'm down fuckers. Yeah. So Five, really. 501 million 499 come on Locking it in. The ABBA musical Mamma Mia grossed six hundred and nine million. God damn it! (laughs) Again, I ask how. (laughs) You have not seen it, so you can't comment. I have seen it. How? How did it make that much money? (laughs) When you're gone, because it's. Chef's kiss. That means representing both shows, Mella and Ben are going to fast Come on, money. baby. Woo-hoo! No. Can she forfeit? What? Mel's historically bad at fast money. No, Josh. No. No, in the second game, once I had it, I was good. She did great. Well, I'm historically good at it. So this is fucked up. <laughs> well, you get to root on <laughs> Ben and Mel and that way. When they get past 200 points, everybody wins. Yay. Yeah, yeah I'm going to root for Mella. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> we're, we're on the same. Do you not know how fast money works? We're on the same team, aren't we? Yeah, we're all on the same team. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I'm also rooting for Mella. <laughs> okay, so you guys decide who goes first, who goes second. Mella, why don't you go first? Okay. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. This is all musical related. Okay. Music and or musical. I will give you 30 seconds on the clock. Timer will start after I finish the first question. Okay. You feel good? I'm good. Yep. Okay. Okay. Name a popular musical. Mamma Mia. Name a musical instrument that's difficult to play. The cello. Name something specific a dancer might wear in an old Hollywood musical. A leotard. Name a famous musical family. The Von Trapps. Name something people do in musicals, but never in real life. Sing when they have emotion. A song might be a hit. Name something else that could be considered a hit. What? 
a song could be a hit. Name something else that would be considered a hit. A dance move? Great. That's it? We're all set. <laughs> oh my fucking God. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> girl, you did that. You did great. Thank, thank God you said Von Trapps. So I was going to scream. <laughs> all right. How you doing, Bam? I'm good. How, how did my partner do? Really, really awesome. Mella got 43 points. Okay. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you've got some you got some number ones on the board still. There's quite a few number uh-huh. ones on the board. Okay. okay. 35 seconds will be on the board for you. Mm-hmm. Timer will start after I finish the first question. Okay. You good to go? Yep. Cool. These are all musical and or music related. Name a popular musical. Wicked. Name a musical instrument that's difficult to play. Violin. Name something specific a dancer might wear in an old Hollywood musical. Tap shoes. Name a famous musical family. Von Trapps. Try again. Can I come back? Pass. Sure. Okay. Name something people do in musicals but never in real life. Tap dance. A song could be called a hit. Name something else that you would also call a hit. A bop. Name a famous musical family. Music Movie musical? Sorry. I hate to be a stickler. You're good. Uh, it could be a actual real musical family. Hamilton. Yeah! Good job, Thanks. Ben! Good job, Ben. I didn't even understand the last question. I'm I don't so either. I, 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 still didn't, don't. I still don't get it. Like a hit song. I was thinking like a punch. Uh huh. Like a hit movie, a hit song, a hit. Oh, okay. I said, okay, you'll hear what I said. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I took it. I don't know for sure, but that's how okay. I took it. Name a popular musical. Carmela said, Mamma Mia. That was zero points. Is that not a good answer? <laughs> no. It's a good answer. It's a good answer. No, it's not. No, then said, not. Wicked for seven points. Number one answer was The Sound of Music. What? When's a survey taken? 1962? Would you both guess on traps? (laughs) Name a musical instrument that's difficult to play. Mela said the cello. That was zero points. (laughs) I played it. It's not hard. uh, Ben said said the violin. The number one answer for 34 points. Nice. No, it should have been French horn. That shit's so hard to play. (laughs) You gotta, like, put your hand inside of it and shit. (laughs) Name something specific a dancer might wear in an old Hollywood musical. Mela said a leotard. That was zero points. What? (laughs) That's a good answer! It is a good answer. Ben had the number one answer with tap shoes. All they wear is leotards. What the fuck? How many leotards are in Singing in the Rain? Yeah, but, like, Sweet Charity, Cabaret, all those dance fucking musicals. Leotards. Name a famous musical family. Mela said the Von Trapps for 10 points. There you go. Ben said Hamilton for zero points. I literally cannot think of another. Osmonds? The, uh, the Osmonds and the Jacksons were the number one answer. Mm, oh, uh, I got you now. Okay. I understand the question. Name something people do in musicals, but never in real life. Mela, you said sing. It's the number one answer. Ah, okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, break out into song yeah and ben said tap which was the number two answer hey yeah way to go all Dancing. right uh, a song might be a hit name something else that might 
be a hit. You said a dance, which is seven points. Yeah. Ben said a bop. I which... understand the question now. That's <laughs> <laughs> a weird question. Yeah. That's okay. Movie was the number one okay. answer. Okay. Yeah. Breaking out the calculator. Breaking out the calculator. What if in every family feud, Steve Harvey had to do the math in his head? <laughs> <laughs> if the validity of the winner of Family Feud relied on Steve Harvey's math ability. <laughs> We didn't, we didn't 199. Get it. No, we're, we're not even close. We did not get that. Mm. Final points were 161. Ah, uh, that's pretty damn good, yes. though. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> that was awesome. We all did it together. Yeah. Hey, that's still 805 bucks. <laughs> Quick math. Yeah. Good job, babe. <laughs> yeah, I did that in my head. All right. Wrapping things up, I think we've come to the conclusion that the greatest showman is a complicated musical (laughs) for some we love the music can't get with the story for others we are enjoy the story and don't really want anything to do with the music that's me but yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're equal opportunity opinions over here it's great we love it so wrapping up the whole episode we want to say thank you to wes ben and emily for joining us for our first yay guest on the show yes you guys are amazing thank you so much so amazing thank you for having us do you guys want to talk a little bit about what you have coming up next yeah we just released our 2007 the simpsons movie which we cannot wait to listen <laughs> we revisited that i have never really seen any of the simpsons so that just came out on tuesday but tomorrow we have the movie Fracture coming out, which was a very interesting law thriller with Anthony Hopkins and, nope. Ryan Gosling? Yep. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I was like, I just said his name and I feel like I just said it wrong or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's really wonderful. We have some spectacular guests. Please check us out. We're on Instagram and Twitter at IDYP underscore podcast. And apparently soon TikTok. Oh, look out, oh. look out. Look out, world. Matt's running TikTok. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, again, thank you so much. I hope we can do, make this happen again maybe for la la land i don't want to watch that again please (laughs) (laughs) emily you won't be alone (laughs) okay so we end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation where we connect an actor from this week's movie to an actor from next week's film so who out of everyone can find the fastest connection between Hugh Jackman and Chris Elliott. I don't know who that is. I'm out. (laughs) Got it. No way. Oh my god. I knew it. Damn. I knew it too. Hugh Jackman was in movie 43 with Anna Faris, who was in Scary Movie 2 with Chris Elliott. No. I don't think anyone's used movie 43 yet, which is just like a gold mine. I have seen that movie. It's so good. 
Well done. Well Just done. Completely dominating Ben. <laughs> that, was, that was good. Okay, who who is this person? He's a little small hand. He's my strong hand. Oh. Have you seen Shit's Creek? Shit's yep. Creek, yeah. Yep. See, I don't know names. I know names of my students. I don't know anything else. <laughs> awesome. Congrats again. You get Ben uh, a round of applause. Yay! <laughs> Yay! And my check for 805 is coming in the mail. It will, right? yes, yes. <laughs> Snail mail, so don't sit by the mailbox, but it'll be on the way. Cool. Awesome. That's it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we would love if you took a moment and liked, subscribed, rated us on Apple Podcast, as well as I Drink Your Podcast. Find us all. Download us all. Aww. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your shows. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you just want to show us some love, email us at WhenCinephilesAttack at gmail.com. From Rashawn, Mella, Josh, and Lacey. As well as... Ben. Emily. And Wes. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.